0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. And today on the show, I'm really excited about this topic. I haven't been able to speak about it yet on my podcast, but this is the first episode on it. Uh, We're going to be talking about synchronized skating today. Um, And with that, I'm introducing a member of the Hayden Select Team USA Synchro team, Rory O'Brien, who's going to walk us through everything synchro. So thanks for coming on, Rory. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about Synchro. <laughs> so first off, so we can kind of get a feel uh, for who you are and kind of your history in skating, how and when did you get into skating and um, like what has your journey been with Synchro?
1: Sure. So um, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts or sort of around Boston. And I think skating's kind of in our blood up here. Everyone I know basically took learn to skate lessons um, or learn to play hockey lessons um, when they were little. So I was put into learn to skate when I was four years old. Um, I think both my parents kind of grew up skating. So it just seemed like the natural thing to do. Um, and then I started just loving to go to the rink. Um, and I started taking private lessons and I started competing individually in freestyle when I was six. And then I did that until I was about 11 years old. And I really loved that. It was great. Um, however, I didn't love going out to the ice by myself. Uh, that was always the worst part for me, uh, just getting on the ice and knowing that I was all alone <laughs> that really was not my favorite thing. So when I was around 11 years old, I was considering stopping competing, but then my mom decided to sign me up for a synchro uh, sort of introductory session, and so I started synchro, and I tried out for the next season, and I made the juvenile team at the Skating Club of Boston, and kind of the rest is history. I loved Synchro from the moment I started. I made so many great friends, um, and I competed up through my senior year of high school. And then my freshman year of college, I tried out for the junior team at Hayden Synchro, which is Lex Etz. Um, and I made the team, and I skated on Lex Etz uh, while I went to college for my first two years. Um, and then I skated on Hayden nets for one year, and then Hayden Select was created, and I was part of the inaugural team, and I've since graduated from college. Um, I'm working full time, and I'm lucky enough to continue to get to compete in synchro.
0: And yeah, it's just been great. Wow, what a journey! That is very cool. So you're you're currently actively competing in the Hayden Select team post college. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. When you were skating for the Luxets and um, the Haydenets, was that? Uh, like at the collegiate level or is what, like, what are the differences in terms of leveling and competition in synchro in general?
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, I guess it's pretty similar to normal sort of skating um, with some exceptions. So I, the Lexettes is a junior team. um, So that's kind of 15 to 19 year olds. So I was on like the older age of that um, when I was in college, but we had skaters as young as sort of 14 all the way up to 19 um, and then Hayden Etz is senior. So that's, you know, the highest level of skating. Um, and Hayden Select is also senior, only it's in the Elite 12 division, which I can talk some more about later. But basically, we have just fewer skaters on the ice, but it's also senior division. Um, and then the lower levels look pretty similar to what you would be seeing um, across other disciplines, so juvenile, intermediate, novice, junior. Um, and then collegiate sort of a separate thing that's special in the U.S. So the collegiate division um, is – non-international competing, but it's super competitive and it gets really big going to nationals and watching collegiate is a huge event. Um, and there's some really impressive skating going on in that division as well.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I know that with the increased popularity in collegiate skating of all different forms, um, I just have heard so many skaters talk about how much they love it. Um, so I think that's such a great Avenue for synchro, like In a typical synchro team, how many skaters Mm -hmm. are on the ice?
1: So in a typical synchro team, usually 16 are on the ice. Um, Like I said, since the elite 12 division has been created and that's the division I compete in um, now, there are a lot more teams with fewer skaters on the ice. Um, But typically at senior worlds, you'd be seeing 16 skaters.
0: Um, And again, now, now 12 as well. Is it all girls or is it co-ed? Like, is it girls and boys? Is there a separate boys team? (laughs)
1: Um, I think there
0: is a separate boys team somewhere in the world.
1: I haven't seen them, but it's co-ed. So that's like the really cool part about Synchro is like having a boy on your team can happen one year, cannot happen another year. Um, But they definitely bring a lot of strength to the sport, which is fun. Um, But yeah, it's co-ed. Some collegiate teams, I think, will be like all women just based on like NCAA rules and stuff, but
0: yeah, gotcha. so go ahead. cool. Can you um, explain the elements of a synchro program for skaters listening? So what exactly goes into the program? How many programs are there? Do you do a short and long or is it just one program? Yeah. Take it away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the earlier levels, so beginner through novice um, and collegiate as well, is all one program. So they'll just do a free skate and then junior and senior and senior elite 12 will do two programs, a short program and a long program. Um, and then as far as elements, I think usually when we think of synchro, we think of like lines and circles and wheels and sort of the shapes. And those are definitely a huge part of synchro. Um, as you get up in the levels, we're doing more advanced footwork and turns as we're doing these different formations. We're intersecting as we're doing these um, intersections are another huge element um, that get increasingly dangerous as you move up in the levels and you're doing more difficult turns through. And then we also have started to see some more elements being taken from ice dance and from pair skating. So when you get to the junior and senior levels, you'll have to do death spirals, you'll have to do group lifts, sometimes other pair elements like pair spins. And also, We've started to see different types of no hold blocks, which are basically just when the skaters are in a formation and you're doing turns, um, but also now sort of jumps and sometimes even some more artistic elements like lunges or shoot the ducks while you're intersecting and crazy stuff like that. So it's really starting to pull from different disciplines um, and really highlighting the Sort of well roundedness of each skater on the ice. And it's requiring us to, you know, kind of be jack of all trades.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. I've seen some of the high level synchro teams do their programs, and it is so amazing how in sync obviously in synchro, everyone is, but the, the amount of intricacy in the footwork and the difficulty in terms of all of the the skills that you guys are doing are, are really, really fascinating to watch from an outside perspective, but just in general too, it's like, it's really difficult. So it's so cool to see it executed in that way. What is the judging system like for synchro competitions? What is the, the mega, like, is there a difference between like the judging system for traditional, like singles, yeah. the other types of skating. Um, yeah. Take it away.
1: Yeah. So, so we use IJS and it used to be more the other, uh, it used Six to point be more oh. 6.0, but now they're moving all kind of to IJS like throughout every single level. Um, to be honest, I don't know like the ins and outs of judging um, individual skating. I'm just so used to Synchro at this point, um, yeah. but I would say it's pretty consistent across the two if we're using IJS. Um Yeah. So the elements are graded, you know, in terms of like levels too. So we have to make sure that we're incorporating different elements that will get us to the highest level. You know, it just, I assume, looks pretty different as far as um, the things that we have to do. So maybe like, for example, going into an intersection, we might need to do a difficult entry, which can be a pairs trick or a turn or you know, an artistic sort of body movement. And then as we're going through, we'll have to do a certain number of turns. And then as we're exiting, we'll have to do a difficult exit and we have to make sure we check all of these boxes. Um, So it's very much that sort of like checklist mentality that I think sort of goes into choreographing um, singles programs
0: as well. Do you have to try out for different teams? Like how does it work in terms of getting into a team and kind of moving up in the levels? How hard is it to move up in to, to get to like the elite team that you might want to be competitive for?
1: Yeah. So tryouts are kind of a huge part of the spring in any life of a synchro skater. Um, at Hayden, we have tryouts in March and they last for about a week. And I think if you're out of club, then you might have to come to like multiple sessions, but if you're trying to move up, maybe you'll just go to one. Um, and all sort of teams work the same way in March is when all the tryouts happen. Um, and I think the hardest part is just that the teams consolidate as you go up in level. So there might be 50, you know, intermediate teams in the country, but there are still only going to be like up to 10 or so senior teams. So as you get more advanced, you have to be kind of more mindful about which teams you're going to go try out for where you want to kind of base your life around skating. Um, Cause a lot of people will come to Boston or to New York or, Um, to different areas or colleges um, that will be able to field a synchro team. So it's definitely difficult. Um, And the tryouts will consist of usually some basic skating skills um, and then also turns and twizzles moves in the field elements um, as well as spins and jumps Um, and usually the coaches are really looking for skaters that can keep up with the current members of the team um, skaters that are like bringing unique skill sets to the table but also have that sort of synchro sense where they're aware of the skaters around them and what they're doing Um, yes so that usually
0: takes place around March and then we start training in May Yeah. Are there like specific, I don't know, like chemistry points in the team too, that I guess whoever's running the tryouts look for in terms of like meshing skaters on teams?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, that's probably hard to tell on the ice, I think right at tryouts. Yeah. yeah, So that can be tricky, but I think it's always like a green flag if the skater's looking around and, you know, being aware of, who's on the ice next to them and if they should match them, Um, you know, trying to skate on the same circles um, and have those nice, like basic synchro sense. I guess maybe I should define synchro sense. That's sort of, um, I guess this it's, I will call it like a sixth sense that synchro skaters have where you can kind of use your peripheral vision and figure out what's going on around you and making sure that you're on the right timing and that you're not going to run into somebody um, so I think that that's sort of the on ice chemistry bit. Um, and then obviously later in the season, um, we'll see how the team comes together, but I have yet to be on a team that doesn't mesh well. I think that <laughs> just spending much time together, it really works out.
0: Totally. Well, if the spring is all about tryouts and kind of like forming the teams for the season, um, Tell us what the rest of the season looks like. When do competitions really start and what does the competition season look like for synchro?
1: Yeah. So like I said, we start training around May and then most teams will train kind of through June and then sort of take a little bit of a break, maybe on and off through July. Um, And then August, usually teams like really start training, um, whether that means like going to camp or just training every day. Um, And then September sort of normal season starts up and competitions will start in November. So it sounds like a long time from November to May, but to get two programs fully choreographed is, you know, it's really difficult. <laughs> so usually, um, you know, what you're seeing in November isn't necessarily what you're seeing later in the season. Um, And then we'll compete domestically November through December. And then January is when the international competition season starts. So for the Team USA Junior, Senior and Elite 12 teams, we'll compete at Anywhere from one to three international competitions, um, January through February, and then nationals are in March, um, and then junior worlds are also in March, I believe, and then senior worlds are in April. So It's a really full year sort of calendar, because if you are one of the skaters that are going to senior worlds, um, and you're trying to try out for a different team, that means that you're trying out as you're preparing to go compete at worlds. So I haven't personally been in that situation, but I'm sure that there are people out there that have been, and it can get really hectic around that time of the year.
0: Wow. That's crazy. The overlap in that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For uh, the international competitions that start in the in January, um, leading up before nationals, like how can teams qualify for those? Like, what is the, I guess like world standing that you need to be able to compete internationally? Is there one? Um,
1: so we've started recently seeing uh, sort of point thresholds uh, that um, the U.S. Figure Skating has started setting forward for teams that are looking to qualify to be on Team USA. We'll usually get monitored by judges in September or October. And sometimes they'll come to us, sometimes we will have to travel somewhere. um, And then the judges will basically watch our programs and talk to our coaches. A lot of the coaches in Synchro are uh, like pretty seasoned. So they have, you know, an understanding sort of with the judges about, you know, how to change the programs and get them ready for international competition. I know that all the teams have to make sure that pretty much every element is at the highest level of synchro. Um, And then at those two domestic competitions early in the year, you have to make sure to earn the sort of minimum point threshold, which is different across junior, senior and elite 12. Um, And then if you get those points, then they'll assign you to international competitions. And uh, some of the top teams will go to challenger series competitions, which are sort of the ones that really determine world standing. Um, So that's kind of the qualification process. And that's also changed a lot in recent years. Um, The Challenger Series just started in, I think, 2020. So we're still seeing sort of synchro competitions
0: evolve as the sport grows and Mm -hmm. we have more teams in the U.S. So, yeah. Yeah. For the international competitions, how many other countries participate in synchro? And like, who are kind of the main ones that you usually go head to head with or that the U.S. goes head to head with? That's a good question. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. I would say I think that there are probably about, I want to say, 20 countries like overall that have synchro teams. Um, It would be great if there were more and more countries. And I think it is growing every year. Um, And also like each country is getting better every year, which is so cool to see. Um, The top players right now are Finland, Canada. The US, um, you know, if Russia gets back on the scene, we'll definitely have to look out for them as well. Um, but it's really cool because I think each country kind of takes the sport in different directions, and each team within the country sort of takes the sport in different directions. Sweden had an amazing team um that disbanded a few years ago. But yeah, the Canadian teams have amazing skating skills and sort of the lift and the pair elements that the Finnish teams are doing are also really incredible. And then the U.S. kind of has their own unique style. Um, So yeah, those are kind of the main players. Um, But there are a lot of teams that are getting so much better each year. And it's so fun to watch at all the international competitions and just seeing how these teams are growing and really starting to become like major players in the sport.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. I feel like it's really like, it just keeps going on the up and up and yeah um, that's amazing in terms of training what does a typical like team practice look like and then how do skaters train outside of team practice how many hours would you say like if you're on a competitive team you are skating per week
1: per day think. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's> Probably. <laughs> so,
1: easier. yeah each team kind of operates a little bit differently um but the way that we have practice is usually four days a week of team practice throughout the year. Um, and then onto those practices, we will sort of tack on, you know, an off ice of some sort. So we will usually get there, warm up, um, put up lifts, walk through any like steps that we changed off the ice and we get our skates on. We'll skate for two to three hours. Usually. Um, I think we have usually two practices a week that are three hours and then two that are two hours. Um, it's really hard to like fit it in with different people in school different people working um and so it's really tricky we practice at the crack of dawn so <laughs> i will be up at 5 tomorrow morning on my way to rink uh that's wow yeah <laughs> and that will be every day for a while um but it's really nice that it sort of gets the exercise out of the way early in the morning um and then on the ice we always do drills and warm up a little bit um especially at this point in the year where we're sort of like getting into the programs um, and then we'll mostly work on the programs for the rest of the practice. Um, usually during competition season, we'll have to do some run throughs. So it'll be pretty tiring. Um, and then we'll tack on an off-ice of some sort. So that could be ballet or strength training, or um, even just like trying to match arms and footwork off the ice with the coaches, just to make sure everyone's like learning how to do things on the right timing and in the right way. So yeah, we'll do that about four days a week. Um, some combination of those things um, in addition to stretching. And then outside of practice, I think that's what really varies like skater to skater. Um, But all of us skate outside of practice uh, on top of that. And, most people will also, you know, go to the gym and work out by themselves. Uh, and then if there's anything in the program, usually like a death spiral or maybe like no hold steps, you want to like fit time into your week to go make sure that when you go to team practice, you're ready to do that with whoever on the team that you need to work on stuff with. So it I guess outside of practice, it varies. Um, I'd say we're on the ice about eight to 10 hours a week um, together and then yeah, however much separately it kind of varies, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of training time.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say is like the, the biggest focus in terms of skating skills to work on for you guys, like individually, like if you have time to go in and skate by yourself, like what are you typically working on um, to help benefit Synchro?
1: For skating skills, we definitely just focus on like basic knee and ankle motion. Um, And then also just like trying to skate a little bit faster. Um, It's always kind of like a doing less to do more. So focusing on extensions and power. Uh, Most teams have sort of like a set group of drills that we work on. Um, So we do a lot of that. And then also just cleaning up turn series that will go into our no holds. So we want to make sure that we can do these turns with a lot of speed and with people around us and make sure that we're all using the same skating technique because that's really what creates the synchronization. It's not always that people are doing things at the same time, but that they're doing them the same way. Uh, So it's really focusing on that stuff. And then different programs require you to do different things. Uh, I might have to do an axle in one program in a different way that I'm not used to. So I might have to go work on my axle or you know, my camel catch foot spin or something like that. So it's very program dependent, but I think that also just means that I have to make sure that all of my skills are sharp outside of team practice so that if asked, I can, you know, throw my axle out there, do this crazy spin. Um, but I'd say I primarily focus on like twizzles, turns and power.
0: What is the elite 12 division? Um, and why was it created?
1: Yeah, so I kind of talked about this earlier, but Hayden Select competes in the Senior Elite 12 Division, and the division was created to push the sport further towards the Olympics. So as everybody pretty much knows, Synchro is not currently in the Olympics. Um, And throughout the whole time that I've skated, I think we've always looked to the next Olympics to being the time that the sport was finally included. And unfortunately, we still are waiting. Um, So hopefully sometime soon. Um, But basically, one of the major barriers to having synchro in the Winter Olympic Games is the number of beds in the Olympic Village. You know, if we were in the Summer Olympics, it'd be a different story, but there actually aren't too many team sports in the Winter Olympics. So even though the sport's been approved for some of the games, there simply have not been enough beds to include different teams with 20 skaters. So because of this, the ISU decided to try out a new division called the elite 12, where there would be 12 skaters on the ice instead of 16. Um, And we still have four alternate skaters. So it would still be 16 skaters, but that's still severely reducing the number of athletes that would require housing at the Olympics. So this began, I think they started sort of putting the ideas out there in 2021, which was the year that my team was formed. Um, And then in 2022, we started having sort of formal competitions in the division um, and there still aren't too many elite 12 teams, but a lot of different teams are actually trying out doing a, just one program with 12 skaters. Um, and it's a really good opportunity for programs that don't have enough skaters. Um, but basically it was created to see if the sport can sort of maintain all of the special things about Synchro with fewer skaters on the ice. And just to see what these teams came up with as far as formations and You know, different ways to think about synchro because historically the numbers keep shrinking in the sport. It started out with over 30 skaters on the ice. And then, you know, as speed grows and as we're doing more advanced, you know, shapes and elements, it just means that we need more space to skate on the ice. So, logically, it's definitely an interesting (laughs) experiment. um, And doing it uh, in tandem with the 16 division also you know, competing in their division. It's really cool to see, you know, the different values across like both divisions.
0: I think both of them have kind of their benefits and drawbacks. What would you say the biggest differences are between a team with 16 and skating with 12?
1: Yeah. So being on a 16 team, I think it's it's obvious the shapes that make sense. You know, you can skate in a square and that's easy to see. It's easy for the judges to look at and say, all right, that's a square. They're in the shape or they're not. Um, With 12, we have to be a little bit more creative. So we really have to make sure that, you know, when we're in a block and we're trying to line up with each other, we're very lined up because it's not always obvious what we're going for. Um, And same if we're trying to mirror each other, you know, it's hard if you have eight skaters on one side and four on the other. But with that, Um, we've been able to expand our skating so much. You know, our twizzle elements always have so much power and we're still like covering just as much ice as a team of 16 and we have four fewer skaters, which is really cool. Um, And I think that that's been my favorite part is just seeing all the different creativity that we can have with four fewer skaters on the ice. Uh, But it definitely is challenging when we're choreographing because I think that we're all just used to going back to our normal shapes and our normal numbers and if they aren't there then you have to think of something different
0: (laughs) crazy that makes a lot of sense because you again like you said you have to just like technically be even more strict sometimes more creative with that additional space on the ice but less just less people that's yeah yeah it's cool so obviously, like, yes, you touched on this. Synchro has been trying to get into the Olympics. I feel like I've heard that Synchro is trying to get into the Olympics for, like, at least the past decade already. Like, you know, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's always been in the conversation. And um, it's just also, like, it's always on Twitter every time the Olympics roll around or, like, the year before the Olympics and everybody's trying to qualify. Yeah. Like, everyone's always trying to bring attention. Um, but, like, how do you think, as a Synchro skater synchro can keep pushing forward towards Olympic inclusion and, and how can skaters kind of like keep trying to gain momentum on inclusion for this sport?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, you sort of mentioned Twitter, but I was going to say like, there's just sort of a really cool network, I guess, of synchro skaters, especially those of us who have been in the sport for a long time. It's become a huge community, but also like a very tight knit one. You know, all of us are following each other on Instagram and Twitter or whatever. Um, and we've watched each other like grow up and compete. So that's really cool. I think a lot of people, you know, and I think this goes for individual skaters too, maybe like won't tell people outside of the skating world too much about skating. Um, and I kind of, you know, am on the opposite side, like if my friends are going to ask me about skating, I will tell them about synchro and, you know, I will tell them about the different things that we're doing. And if people are interested enough, I'll show them videos. And usually people are hooked once you see synchro once it's so interesting to see what people are doing. And I really don't, I can't think of another sport that kind of looks the same. Um, and so I think that people just need to talk about it more and like not be afraid to sort of share this part of their lives with other people, because there is such an interest. And, um, I think that that's where synchro really struggles is just getting that attention. We, we aren't bought like broadcast broadcasted on TV the same way that other sports are partially because of the Olympics, but you know, we have to think on both sides of that. Um, so I think that just, you know, sharing out synchro videos that you see online that are cool and talking about it with people who don't really know too much about the sport, um, is kind of the only thing that we can do. And the best thing that we can do to sort of keep building that network sort of within synchro and also just outside of synchro and the greater skating community, because, you know, I think it's all of us synchro skaters you know, still keep up with individual skating and love watching um, pairs and ice dance and everything. So I think it's just great if everyone in skating can sort of
0: help synchro in the same way. I totally agree. And I think skating from a grassroots level of just having more attention to like getting into the sport. Like sure you have kids that are like entering aspire programs or learn to skate and it doesn't just need to be a single track to like, okay, this is your individual's like competitive skating dream right here, right now. It's starting. We're going to the Olympics. (laughs) Um, Like too many people kind of have that. And also it kind of detracts from just like wanting to learn how to skate in general and just participate in community. Like one of the best things about Synchro in my opinion is the the team aspect about it. Like you really don't get that in any other form of skating. Um, Pairs and ice dance, it's like only one person that you're teamed up with. Oh, <laughs> but so many sports have the team aspect and so many sports that are not skating do get to experience that. And so I think like having that as a at the front of people's minds as an option when you enter skating, I think that like is huge. And I feel like that could also you know, gain more traction for, you know, parents or like kids that want to do team sports and also love skating. Um, there's definitely, I think there's a lot that, yeah, the skating community can do to kind of like help encourage that because more numbers in skating, no matter where they go are more numbers in skating. And that's what we want.
1: (laughs) I totally agree. And I think that there's also this really cool thing about synchro that's kind of different than other team sports too, is just that like, we need so many different types of skaters. We need skaters who are really good at pairs elements and skaters that really love turns and twizzles. And we need really fast skaters and we need really strong skaters. And I think that that's pretty unique because in order for everybody to look the same, we need people doing different roles. And I think that there just is a value for anyone who wants to do synchro on any team. And I, that's my favorite part of the sport is just watching, you know, so many different people come together with different backgrounds in skating. Um, And then when you watch the final product, you would think that you're watching, you know, clones of the same person, even though we're all doing, you know, such different jobs as far as lifting or, you know, being lifted or twizzling or whatever we were doing in the program. But yeah, I think that just so many different skill sets are required. And so it's definitely a good option for people who you know, want to be able to use their individual
0: skills, but put it towards a common goal of a team. That's such a good point. I mean, it really is just a well-oiled machine in that way. And (laughs) um, it's really cool that you can highlight so many different types of strength and not just look for like one exact thing that you want everybody to be doing the same. Um, So yeah, that's amazing. Synchro (laughs) is (laughs) cool. It's cool. (laughs) We love it. Right. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share about Synchro with my audience? Hmm.
1: Definitely. If you're thinking about trying it or signing up or even just going to watch it, go do it. (laughs) I would highly recommend it. And I think that, you know, even if you're feeling like you're falling out of love with skating a little bit, and this sort of goes for synchro skaters, for non-synchro skaters. It's always like worth a shot to see what other people are doing and to sort of look into different aspects of skating that you didn't consider before.
0: I really like that. If people are interested in synchro, like where should they look for signing up? Do most rinks have synchro or are, is there like some commonplace online that people can look into to kind of see like where teams in their area might be located?
1: Yeah, I think on the U.S. figure skating website, they might have a directory to, to some synchro clubs. I know personally that I Googled synchronized skating when I was younger and found my closest team. Um, I would say they're pretty scattered throughout the country, so solid chance you can find a team near you, um, especially if you're sort of in the East Coast or Midwest. Um, I think it's they're a little bit more <laughs> um, spread apart in California, but definitely we're checking out U.S. figure skating um yeah and any other teams that you're aware of in your area
0: love it well thanks so much Rory for coming on and talking about synchro with me um super educational listening episode and um I'm so happy that I know more about synchronized (laughs) skating now
1: thank you so much for having me Paulina this was really great